All right, hello, and uh, welcome to another edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. I'm Brian Fulford. That's AD Drew. AD, happy Selection Sunday to you, my brother. How you doing today? I'm doing fine. Bittersweet weekend for me. It's uh, this weekend's uh, now becomes uh, these first couple weeks in March kind of become bittersweet for me, but. You know, thank God I've got a lot of basketball to take it off of my mind. Yes, yes, I, I, uh, I, uh, I understand. Uh, I did, when you said that, I it took a second. I had to, I had to do some recollection. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the uh, distractions of of basketball and sports and other things like that can kind of take things off your mind. Your whole, you know, I was looking at your setup and I didn't, I couldn't tell whether your camera was crooked or whether no, it was about the things were crooked wall. behind me. <laughs> things, the things yeah, on the wall things crooked wrong. behind me. Yeah. So you don't have those issues when you have a clear white wall behind you. I mean, that's, that's just done by laziness by the fact that I haven't put up any nice, uh, background stuff yet, so that's on that's on you, uh, or on me, I should say. Um, yeah, so uh, Selection Sunday is here. We got a lot to go and, and review. Oh boy, big weekend at HBC. yeah, big weekend at HBCU basketball, men and women's storylines galore all over the place. Division one, Division two, NAIA, all of the action happening this weekend or this past week since uh, we were last on the air. And then, of course, we've got uh, the March Madness, the the actual bracket. You know, um, this is what it, this is what uh, I, I remember these days of just tuning in at 6 p.m. on CBS and getting out my bracket. And, you know, the fact that they were going to publish this later meant nothing to me because I had to actually have a tape recorder and I'd put in the VCR or, you know, at some point when I moved to... Did you just say VCR? I did, I did. I, until, until I got to the point of being grown enough to have a video recorder, 
or TiVo type system, I had a tape deck, a tape recorder. So I put in the VHS to record because I wanted to be, because look, it's hard to write down these schools. You have to have good abbreviations. That's one thing my dad taught me is the abbreviations of schools. So as there is, uh, the, as, as, uh, at that time, I think it was James Brown or whoever it was, was reading the names. You'd have to quickly have your bracket set up and you would have to abbreviate because there was no printing of the bracket like one hour after the show. You had to wait until the newspaper came out the next day before you yes. could get a bracket, make copies, you know, blow it up, analyze. The, you had to buy two copies because one copy you were going to cut up and the other copy you, was, you were going to use to analyze the brackets, you know. And so I would go to if you were in the newspaper market like I did, they always put the blank bracket out. Sunday to let you fill it out and their buddy they had the printed bracket. So I always ripped the blank one out of the paper on Sunday and then on uh, you know Monday made sure I bought well my granddad used to have newspaper delivered. You know, that's when you used to go outside and have the big yellow, yellow yes. bag with the newspaper yes. out there. You have to go with, when I left for school in the morning, I would toss the uh, paper to the front porch. Yeah, no, no, no. I couldn't. I couldn't mess up Dad's paper. I wasn't gonna take Dad's paper to school. I wasn't gonna be that dumb. So I had to make sure that I wrote down whatever I wrote down that evening, and then because there was no, maybe I could catch on ESPN uh, the 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 replay of what was happening. But I don't know. It was just a different time and space when you when you kind of when you kind of break down things, you know. So. Um, Needless to say, the, you know, as, as I've gotten older and they've sort of spaced out these brackets because they used to just go through the brackets and then talk about it. Then they started. It, it, it was a 30 minute show, Brian. They had no choice. It was a 30 minute. Yes. Yes. It was a 30 minute show. Now it's like they, they move it to an hour. Uh, I remember when ESPN used to have their show at the same time. And so as CBS would drop their uh, bracket, ESPN had it almost like. 20 seconds later and I always felt like the commentators on ESPN were better uh, basketball knowledge guys so that's what I tuned into and then of course ESPN or uh, uh, CBS decided to, to to expand the show just to slow ESPN down and ESPN was like bump it we'll just we'll just come on an hour after it doesn't matter you know and we'll talk about yeah, the just do it we just do our analysis afterwards. We'll do our analysis afterwards. So that that's kind of how that that all happened after the fact. So um, you know, needless to say, I've been, I've definitely enjoyed um, enjoyed Selection Sunday. So we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later in the show as we kind of break down our analysis. We'll tell you about a fun contest that we are doing with our show. And uh, at the bottom of the first hour, we're going to talk to the head coach, a good friend of the program, uh, Langston University head men's basketball coach, Chris Wright. Uh, we've been, we've been tracking the success of Chris Wright teams for about what now, about three years now, Drew. Yeah. Hey, hey Brian, you think Chris Wright can hook a brother up with a loan? Hey, look, it's it's good to be Chris Wright right now. You know, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Loan a job. Loan. How about a job? You know, I mean, as much success. No, no, that, ever, that, that, that requires actually putting in work. Man. I just work. need somebody so I can invest it. Invest in it. You know I what I'm saying? I, I have no problem. Look, 
Imagine if you could invest in coachings, if you could invest in coaches. What I don't, you know, that's the next thing coming where you can invest in coaches. That's the next thing coming in sports, Drew. I'm telling you now, I'm calling it. You can invest in, in coaches and as yeah, the capital. And you can put money on coaches and as coaches uh flourish and they move from one level to the next or one school to the next, your stock rises when coaches do bad and they drop or get fired or other things like that. Guess what? Your stock goes. It'd be a, it'd be a fascinating, fascinating game uh, to to play. Uh, I, I think I may have to if I said that right then and there, is that a possibility that I could trademark that, Drew? Anybody know trademark? Laws? I just said that. Nobody somebody beat, might to beat it. me to that. Somebody just beat me to that great idea that I just threw out over the net. Uh, all right. So I want to give a shout out to everybody on YouTube and Facebook watching the show. Hit the thumbs up button. Uh, Producer Mel, uh, if you are able to put up any of the social media comments so that way we can see them. I'm trying to play around here on my phone and see if I can keep up live time with people's comments and see who is in the chat room. But I don't know if I should do that since I am using my phone as the hotspot to give this kind of a great signal that I'm getting. So I I don't want to do too many things to screw this up. So all right, good to see some people already in there uh, dropping some comments. So shout out to all of you guys on YouTube and on Facebook, hit the thumbs up button, please. If you would. So Chris Wright's going to join us at six 30 Eastern time, bottom of the hour, five 30 central. So uh, you guys, uh, let people know we're going to talk to uh, Chris Wright. Okay, Drew, story of the weekend. A lot of good stuff happened in the MEAC, SWAT, uh, to a few schools I, in the I, NIA. I got the lead story, Brian. I got the lead it story. It better be good. What's the lead story? The way Valley got robbed in that game. That's not no, the lead story? stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> That 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 throw is about as far wide and outside as that pitcher threw uh, to to which that that umpire called a strike on. So that's uh, I'm, that was the, that was that Bob you could just a bit outside. Mike check one two. And I think, Brian, you just lost your hot spot right there. Hey, Bell, I'll tell you what. Uh, if you got a break queued up, let's see if we can go to a quick break and we can get Brian back in. I'm not sure where where he was going with his comments. Uh, and I don't have my script in front of me, so... Uh, We'll be back in just a moment. You're watching and listening to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian, AD, we'll be back in just a moment. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. 
Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, thamptonlaw.com. Don't worry, Ma, we'll be there soon. We? Is this the one? Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. They're here. Definitely the one. <laughs> Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the Law Office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. All right, you don't have to leave right, well, the comments alone. I, I got the comments today, man. Don't, don't well, worry about it. I got welcome the back. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. I blame Drew for screwing up the lead. Uh, here I was about to go into the lead story, and then you threw a curveball far and outside. But anyway, the lead story. So welcome back. Good to be back. Yeah, no, yes. Anyway, um, the lead story coming back. From the weekend, Drew, has to be Jackson State women's basketball uh, being beaten by Southern University on essentially a last-second heave-ho from the top of the key to lose by one point, uh, really in a game that Southern Southern had, had, had uh, pretty much I, – I I'm not going to use the word dominated, but they controlled – they controlled that game uh, by by shooting. Uh, I'm trying to look at their trying to see if I can find their percentage in terms of their shooting. Um, I know in the first half when I saw that uh, Southern had a lead or was in that ball game, uh, Southern shot really well uh, from that. Uh, I can't find, don't seem to be able to find a box score right offhand, but uh, just an outstanding game and effort by Southern to knock off Jackson State, Drew. And I, I feel like on one hand, I can recall the Jackson State losses over the past, uh, what, three to four seasons? I mean, you had Southern, you had Prairie View, that had Prairie View in the regular season, Southern now. You had a perfect record last year. The year before was practically perfect, except for Alabama State beating them at the first game of the regular season. And then I think the year before, they were practically perfect as well. So, I mean, we're talking, again, 
three losses in three seasons. Uh, something to that effect. Um, you know, you Jackson Jackson State folks would be better to 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 explain it and 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 brag about it. But um, the story is about Southern because Southern went ahead and turned that win into a, a victory over UAPB, who actually drew. It, you know, funny thing, it was UAPB who was actually uh, running. Uh, as a seven seed, knocked off uh, Alabama A&M, who was the two seed. Uh, then they knocked off uh, Alabama State, who had been to the SWAC championship game, I believe, the last two seasons. And so the seven seed had found themselves in the championship game. And, you know, you're a case of two Cinderella's or two storylines that – no one was really expecting. I think we all went into the tournament thinking who had the best shot at beating Jackson State. I don't think, I mean, you guys be honest. Southern, you, excuse me, Southern UAPB people, be honest. You had, you had UAPB probably was one. Alabama State was really? probably two. And there's arguments where you could flip those two as for number one and number two for beating uh Was UAPB people... There was some consideration that Jackson State people, Jackson State people, were afraid of UAPB. Okay, okay. Well, that's fair. Then in that case, and I'll 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 take I'll take that as uh, I'll take that as word. Then, Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, so but then Southern ends up beating UAPB sixty-two to fifty-three. So congratulations to Southern, uh, Southern the uh, the four seed advances to the tournament um their their final record uh i don't even know if it matters but what what does kind of matter i think and and we'll talk about it in a second uh after we talk about the men's bracket uh jackson state will go to the nit and they they already earned the automatic qualifier uh going to the nit and uh, I'll tell you, um, Jackson State has a very good chance in the NIT to win a few games, put a run together, and quite possibly, I, I don't know where they do the, the, the Final Four for the NIT, but... They uh, can still it be, Madison I, scores on. Even for the women? Oh, that that is a good question for the women. Uh, not 100% sure for the women. Okay. Uh, so that that's you know a good opportunity for Jackson State, um, and and for for Southern Southern will probably go in as a first four. Uh, one of you know because they just started the first four on the women's side last year. Howard played in that first four role, so Southern will probably go in as a first four team. I believe the women's bracket will be released probably eight about eight o'clock, eight o'clock Eastern. So we'll have more on that um men the men's bracket drew we we sat here last week with charles edmund of allcorn state sports radio and you know when you get the kind of information that we got and this is a this is a pro tip 
you know, for you guys who like to 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 play and sprinkle a little money and wager, especially with the tournament coming on, those of you who can in your various states that do allow gambling, pay attention to the anytime you hear an interview or an article, especially with the guys who are the play by play commentators for these various schools, they are entrenched with this team. They know this team uh, probably better sometimes than a lot of media people. Uh, media people meaning the writers and things of that nature. Charles, I mean, uh, Charles Edmond told us that the one team that Alcorn was really worried about was Texas Southern. Um, Texas Southern was plus 1,200 to win the tournament. And uh, Drew, uh, I, uh, unfortunately, I feel foolish that I didn't put a little pizza money on them um, to to uh, go. Drew, Drew, go ahead for a second and talk. Uh, get, tell us some analysis on what you thought there. I want to pick up this phone. Chris Wright, Coach Wright is calling, so you must have an issue going on. Go ahead and take this pick up for me. Yeah, the, 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 the big thing with Texas Southern, Texas Southern control the boards. But with Texas Southern controlling the boards, they were able to beef up against Alcorn and get Alcorn out of their game. They also shot the, shot the ball very well against Alcorn. But even with that, Brian, the run that Texas Southern got on, and we said it right here on the uh, Sports Wrap last week, one of these two Texas schools were going to have a first-round upset, be it Prairie View or be it uh, Texas Southern. Prairie View almost pulled off the upset themselves as they should have beaten Jackson State. So the, these Texas schools are tournament tested. And I don't know, Brian, two questions. Why do we still call it the SWAC tournament? It says Texas Invitation. <laughs> Number two, since it's the Texas Invitational, can we just go ahead and move it back to Houston? Maybe that'll help out with some of the attendance. Hey, Houston would be a much better place, I think, than Birmingham. It's just a smaller venue. It doesn't need to be in the compact center. They, they need a smaller venue in Houston. But I think Houston, and considering that they currently play at Bartow Arena, which is the home of the UAB Blazers, why not play at uh, and I don't know what the name of the arena where the uh, Houston Cougars play at, but I think that might be a small enough arena to to house it where it, where you have that because the car pack is probably too expensive and it's definitely eighteen thousand. You're not going to get eighteen thousand at the SWAC championship game. You might not get eighteen thousand. You might not get eight thousand total for all four days of the SWAC championship or all five days of the SWAC tournament. So what? Maybe a place like uh, the University of Houston or something along those lines since you're already taking it to a college campus. And we'll get more on this attendance stuff uh, a little bit later in this conversation, Brian. Yeah, um, and, and again, I mean, we we the eyes of Texas, the eyes of Texas are smiling on everybody, uh, on everybody, because it is so hard when you think about what the Texas schools have done Ooh, I'm going to try to, just off the top of my head, I did the research, Drew, so back me up here. 
I think this is now, I think going into it, a Texas school had won six of the last eight. So now it's seven of the last nine that a Texas school has won the SWAC tournament. Uh, a Texas school has won six of the last eight regular seasons uh, prior to uh, or including this year, if I'm not, or the previous eight years, not this year included. So a Texas school had won six of the previous eight. So, I mean, it, it it's just so hard. And, and uh, you know, I feel, I feel, I, I, again, I, I feel bad not, we had the analysis here from Charles Edmund who told us Texas. You feel Southern bad for yourself, Brian. Admit it. I do. You, I you're do. mad at yourself. So. You're not mad at anybody I, else. <laughs> Say it, bro. I feel good. I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad as heck. I'm mad as heck at myself because, boy, what I would, what I could do uh, going into this tournament. But that's all right, though. You I sound like one of you them. sound like I, the guy who did get in at the beginning of the Bitcoin. They can't got no yes, I do. I do. I do. I do. I feel exactly like that guy. I did not. How did I not recognize that Bitcoin was going to take off and I could have got out of it before it crashed? How did I not recognize that? Anyway, that's what it's like over here on this end. Hey, uh, we're going to take a short break. Come back. We're going to talk to Langston University head men's basketball coach Chris Wright. The Lang- uh, the Langston Lions are, are heading to Kansas City. It's a place that Coach Wright is very familiar with, and uh, we're going to see we're going to see what that means for Langston. So we're going to step away for a quick break. Come back. Talk to Coach Chris Wright on the other side. You're watching the BCS in Sports Wrap with Brian and AD. five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. (laughs) Never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together we can be the change. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. 
Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thins reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yes. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. Our producer back there jamming, Brian. I, look, I can tell. You look, hey, uh, welcome back to the BCSN Sport Trap. <laughs> Brian and AD here. It's a pleasure to be joined by friend of the program. I feel like we can say that. Um, coach Chris Wright, head coach of Langston University Lions uh, of the uh, Sooner Athletic Conference. And the uh, Langston Lions are going to the uh, – to uh, the Kansas City, uh, the final site. Uh, in the NAI level, they don't call it necessarily the Sweet 16, uh, but it's the final 16 teams of the 64 field tournament. What t Drew or Coach, what is the technical right term? for? I always mess it up. So I guess it would be the uh, – man, that, that's a great question. I, I just stick with the Sweet 16. I do too. I do too. I, I don't want to get anybody contractually in trouble or anything. He, he, he going to the ship. That's all we need to know. He he going Kansas to the ship City, and try right. and try to get back and get it and get it done this time. That's all we need exactly. to know. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, for those of you who may not be familiar, uh, coach, uh, one year ago, almost to this day, or almost to this time of the year, coach was with another school, another program. Um, uh, in the NAIA, and he was uh, there. He was at the doorstep leading them to the national championship game. Uh, they finished as the runner-up. Um, this past year, Coach uh, left that school, went to Oklahoma. He went west. And uh, I tell you, they say it's beautiful out west, Coach. How has Langston treated – how's Langston, Oklahoma, treated you over the last several months since the move from uh, Alabama to, uh, to uh, Oklahoma? Man, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's been awesome. It's been a huge blessing. Uh, I'm from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so now I'm about three hours from home. And so, um, you know, that's been nice. Um, you know, I, I love Langston, our president. I always tell people I work for the best president 
uh, in the country. You know, I have a very supportive administration. And so it's it's worked out really well for us. Now, Coach, you had you had spent some time uh, building up the program at your previous stop. Uh, Langston was one and twenty seven a year ago uh, this year. Probably I don't care what anybody says, and I, I challenge anybody to find a better turnaround story. And, and I, I, I'm just saying this, you know, I hope that, you know, your flowers and reward and uh, not the re rewards, but the recognition of what you and your staff and everybody who's been a part of the turnaround gets the credit for. Because this year you are 31 and two. Uh, when you walked into the Langston program, what did you see that told you that you could have this type of year? You know, for me, I think it started again with just the vision of our president. Um, you know, Dr. Ken Smith, a guy that really, really wants to be excellent in everything that he does. You know, if you look at our university, just the trajectory it's been on over the past decade since he's taken over has been amazing. And so I knew that, you know, that coming here, we would have a chance to be really, really good in year one. Okay. Drew, go ahead. I'm going to kind of follow up on Brian's question, but I'm going to ask it a different way, Coach. Uh, having been a former assistant basketball coach myself, having been uh, on the good end and the bad end of the spectrum, how in the hell do you improve by 30 wins in one season, Coach? <laughs> for somebody who's – and the reason I ask that, for somebody who's actually been in those, been in those wars – because I've been a part of teams that have all the talent in the world, but just can't get it right due to egos or if grades catch somebody or injuries or or what whatever the case is. And then I've been on teams that honestly you come in like, well, I, I'd be happy with a 500 season. And the next thing you know, you're playing for a conference championship because that team has such chemistry and love for each other and they just – you don't know how they put the ball in the basket, but they put the ball in the basket and they defend when, when you need them to. So, Coach, once again, how in the hell do you improve by 30 wins in one season? <laughs> well, uh, obviously, that's a great credit to our players and, uh, you know, our assistant coaches. Um, you know, my, my mentor, Jim Sy, he, he has a great saying. He says, you know, I've never seen a, uh, a jockey carry a horse across the finish line. And so... You know, we, it all started with, you know, with how we recruited last summer. Um, you know, we have really talented players that have really bought into being unselfish and just, you know, really doing things the right way day in and day out. And so, um, you know, I knew we were going to be really good. If, you know, I would not have guessed we'd be 31 and, and too good. But uh, I'm really proud of our players and our staff. Again, they, all the credit goes to them. Um, you know, I'm fortunate to be the head coach, right? I get a lot of credit. Uh, those two groups make me look a lot better than I really am. Definitely, Coach. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And with with all of that, once again, and I'm coming from coming from somebody who's been there in the war. How do you keep these guys humbled and st and focused on the ultimate prize, which is getting getting that championship in Kansas City? Because 
You know, it's easy when you when you I think you started off with 17 in a row before you uh, dropped one. If I got the number right, and I'm going off the top of my head. You know, how do you keep them focused and like not rest on, hey, we, we don't want 17. Nobody could beat us. Oh, we just got beat. Then you go and get another streak. You know, how do you how do you maintain that focus amongst these kids, especially with everybody coming to them on social media and then the. Uh, the people out in the streets and the community giving them their praise and just making their heads swell up where they could barely get into the gym coach. How do you handle that? Yeah, it's uh, you're right. It is hard trying to keep, uh, trying to keep uh, our guys focused, you know, like it is any successful team. Um, But for us, you know, it's really about consistency. You know, like our, our record doesn't define us, you know, it's, it's our culture. You know, we just, you know, require that every single day we're trying to be the best that we can, you know, and if you stack enough good days together and you have really good players, you know, it's amazing what happens. All right. My last question before I turn it back over to Brian, uh, this is HBCU question. We don't get the respect on the national level, both NAIA and NC two-way when it comes to our programs and, and the work that we do. And let's be real, most of our HBCUs are underfunded and limited resource institutions. So what does you put having this type of success that at two, two HBCUs now, this is that count your success that you had in California before you uh, went to Talladega, but what does this mean as far as just the HBCU brand when it comes to athletics, the success where programs like you, programs like Tougaloo also who uh, would be there in Kansas City with you. What does that really mean for our brand? You know, I, I think it's huge because, you know, as you guys know, I think a, a lot of times in the HBCU world, news that gets reported is is a lot of the bad stuff and not a lot of the good things that that, that go on. And so for us, you know, it's something we talk with our team a lot. You know, we're not just playing for ourselves, right? We, we are playing for HBCUs across the country. And so, you know, this is, I believe, this is my fifth year being able to work, right, in an HBCU. And it's something that really means a lot to me, right? Like, as a white guy, you tell people that sometimes and people kind of look at you. Like, <laughs> but, um, no, like, I, I, HBCUs absolutely do not get enough credit for, you know, what they do academically, for young men and women and then um, the really good programs that exist out there athletically. And, you know, I, I wasn't happy getting a two seat. You know, I'm, I'm not a guy that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going to speak my mind and, and be honest about that. I thought in, in the conference that we play in to go 31 and two and get a two seed was ridiculous. Um, and so, you know, again, we talk about it with our guys. Now we just have to go out and win games. And so fortunately we've been able to do that and put ourselves you know, four games away from a national championship. And so we got to try to go one and oh, four times. As valid as your argument is, coach, you know, I think Tougaloo has just as good of an argument, not losing to an NAIA program the entire season with their only loss being to a division two program. So I think both of you guys have a valid argument on your seating there in the, uh, in the tournament, but Hey, Time to prove it on the court, Coach. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, uh, I like the fact that you said that, in, in, you know, you're not being happy with the two seed. But the two seed benefited you uh, because it meant you got to be home. It meant you got to host uh, that 
that uh, that opening round tournament. Um, going into the NAIA tournament, you were fourteen and zero uh, at home, or, or maybe it was sixteen and zero. I don't know if you did. It, are they counting those as uh, on the home record? Uh, so I mean, is that the sixteen and zero? Uh, I think that counts, Drew. Uh, so, so unbeaten it counts for us. this year. It counts. <laughs> it right? counts for folks, right? Too. It's, it's on the website, so I just didn't know if that sixteen and zero was including oh, yeah. the NAIA tournament. I like that. Okay, so unbeaten at home. Um, th- that uh, talk a little bit about that process uh, because that was big. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, even though you may be the top seed, every school is not always prepared to handle the responsibility of hosting a multi-team event. Uh, was there ever any doubt or, or I mean, you know, uh, was the administration completely behind the process of saying, hey, coach, if we get that opportunity, we're going we're gonna to host. So no, don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I thought, um, you know, starting with our president, Dr. Smith, and then our AD, um, athletic director, Danita Rogers, um, they did a phenomenal job and, you know, in both administrative teams and putting our tournament together. And so, you know, the feedback that we got was, uh, you know, was really, really good. And the atmosphere that our guys got to play in front of was was unbelievable. You know, to be honest, I felt yes, really bad for, you know, for the teams that had to come in and play a true road game in the national tournament. <laughs> it's tough. But, hey, if, if, if they're passing out host bids and we're in a position to – to host, we, you can bet that we're going to try to do that. It, it is a huge advantage. Hey, that that's the one thing I he will didn't say. feel too bad. Uh, he just said that. He yeah, just said that right now. <laughs> he, he felt bad until that ball was tossed up. <laughs> politically correct thing. That's what I love about coach because that's why I say that's the one thing, Drew. What did we notice in this tournament? All, pretty much all of our schools had to play somebody in their home gym with the exception of Langston. I believe everybody had to go to somebody's gym and, and, and eventually played the one seed. I think the, uh, yeah, even the tonight, host, just say the host uh, seed. And I'm including, I'm in, I, the host seed, excuse me. Yes. The host seed. Yeah. Uh, everybody had to play the host seed except Langston who was the host. So, uh, that, that, uh, don't, don't feel, don't, don't cry. I know you're not crying any tears about that, coach, <laughs> but I mean, we, we definitely won't either. Um, I want to talk about some of these young men that, uh, now give us a, give, if you can give us a makeup of the, the roster prior to coming in. I mean, was it, did you have to completely rebuild? Did you have new, you had players uh, from Langston that were already there. Uh, and I, I asked that before I get into talking about the young men who received some of the postseason awards. What was the the makeup or, or rebuild like? So we only have one player uh, that was on the roster last year uh, here with us right now. And so, you know, we got here and it was, it was basically time to uh, recruit a whole new team. And so, um, yeah, again, I, I, I love the guys that, that we were fortunate enough to get, uh, man, they're great people, you know, um, something I don't think gets talked about enough. We had a 3.14 GPA in the fall. And so, you know, Congratulations. these guys, are, uh, thank you, you know, re- really taking, uh, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity that they've had. And so I've been, been really proud of them. Uh, I'll give you a chance to talk about some of those young men. Tristan Harper was the SAC regular uh, player of the year averaging uh, 15.6, 5.9 rebounds and 1.2 assists per game. You had the defensive player of the year in Cortez Mosley. Uh, and then the newcomer uh, or newcomer year was Harper. 
Uh, and uh, then there were a couple other young men who made the um, all SAC. Want to make sure I give their name. Uh, I think it's uh, is it or Taru Dean and AJ yep. Rainey both received um, recognition. And there might be some other guys, but but I want to give you an opportunity to talk about uh, those young men uh, and, and just kind of what they have meant to this program this season uh, for you. So Tristan Harper, he, he was in our league last year at Talladega. He played at Middle Georgia. And the first time we played him, he had 31 on us. We, we, we couldn't guard him, you know. And, and uh, you know, he had a friend that played on our team, uh, Davion Thomas, a transfer from Troy. And so Harp finished his degree and was going to work on his master's. And so it's a lot better having him uh, on your team than trying to figure out a way to stop him, I'll tell you that. And so he is <laughs> – you know, and his numbers are good, but you know, if, you know, I think we have five guys that average double figures. If you put him a lot of other places around the country, you know, he—I mean, he's averaging twenty-something points a game. But you know, I feel like he's really sacrificed um, a lot of the things that he does for our team's success. Um, you know, you mentioned Cortez Mosley uh, as a guy that was a defensive player of the year in our league. Um, you know, Cortez is a mid-major player, had mid-major offers, and just, you know, didn't qualify academically out of junior college. But he is, he's been tremendous for us. I mean, he does everything. He, he, he can guard one through five. He can literally play one through five on the offensive end. And he does a lot of things that just, you know, I think the average person would, wouldn't see because it doesn't show up in the stat sheet. You know, I think he's taken 39 charges for us so far this year. And so he really is a uh you know kind of the almost like the glue that holds us together um yeah i mean that that uh, true when you when you have uh when you have five guys in double figures uh that's one of those uh good problems to have you know you sacrifice those points because you know who, who who's the hot man today you know it's uh, go figure it out uh good luck for the other team uh drew go ahead and get in there with the last uh, couple questions here for coach First, I want to give a couple of comments from the uh, from our chat, the YouTube chat coach to you. Uh, Edward Moore says, LU Psychedelic Literature says, congratulations, Langston. Edward Moore says, say it, coach. I'm that good of a coach. He said he wants you to go ahead and admit it, coach. Uh, one of our followers there. <laughs> Edward Moore. Uh, Tara T says, that's a major turnaround. Congratulations, Langston. And once again, Psychedelic literature says props to the athletes on being uh, such serious students. So, uh, yeah, with, with all that uh, being said, coach, uh, what is it going to take for you to uh, cut down the nets this year? Let's just get straight to the chase. Well, I, I tell you what, first off, I, you know, the bracket that we're in sure didn't do us any favors, you know, we, we opened well, you up don't have Loyola this year. That's a positive. <laughs> that is, that is, there's no uh, Miles Burns and Zach Wrights running around. So, um, but yeah, hey, so we opened up at Georgetown College. You know, I think they made 32 straight NAI national tournaments. You know, Chris Briggs, mm -hmm. their head coach is as good as there is. I mean, he's won two national titles. Um, you know, we're going to have our work cut out for us game one. And so, uh, you know, again, all of our focus has been on that. And then you look down the bracket, if we were to win, it doesn't get a whole lot easier with us playing the winner of grace who, I, I, in my opinion, could be the best NAI team in the country, or Freed Hardman, another really good team. And so, you know, for us, we're going to have to defend the way we're capable of. We're going to have to continue to minimize turnovers. And, 
you know, at the end of the day, I think the toughest team always wins, you know, and we're a team built on toughness. We have good depth. And so, you know, I think we just have to go out and, and, and really do what we do at a high level and we'll be in good shape. And for those who are interested in following the Langston Lions, they will tip off Tuesday. That's at one o'clock central time. So that'll be two o'clock Eastern as they take on Georgetown of Kentucky. That's a two versus three matchup. You can go to itaia.org and click on the link. And it is a paid site. So you have to pay to watch the game. But I think it'll be a good investment for you to go ahead and pay to watch uh, the Lakes and Lions. And for the other HBCU, they will tip off Monday at 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central, when Tougaloo takes on St. Thomas out of the Sun Conference. That's a 6 versus 10 matchup. Uh, you going to be over there cheering for uh, Tougaloo, Coach, because the only, t- only way you guys can beat is if y'all are in the championship game. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know uh, how much love that you guys have, especially considering you're a former conference rival of Tougaloo. So, hey, I tell you what, they they've had a remarkable season. It's been fun to watch, and um, I, I do agree with you. I think that their their seeding was quite baffled, baffling to me as well. And so, I've been really happy to see them have the success that, that they've had. And so, it definitely will be fun to to follow them this week. Hey, um, I, I got to ask before I let you go, the experience of last year um, usually helps, you know, usually helps. How how did the experience of going through those four games last year, only, only two teams got to play four games in Kansas City last year. You were one of them. How does that experience prepare you for this journey? You know, I, I hope it does. You know, I think that, you know, again, you know, we were fortunate enough to, to make it to the national championship game. And so, you know, we, our, as a staff, most of us have been here before. We've kind of put our guys through this week and have a good idea as to what works. And so, or, or what we think works anyways, right? Um, and so I, I do think it's a, uh, it's an advantage. Um, you know, I, I'm excited. I wish Tuesday would hurry up and get here. Um, you know, I, I think our guys are, are ready to hit the court and play. And so it, it should be an exciting week for us. All right. Well, I'm, I, I, for one, am thankful that I'm on spring break this week. Uh, if I happen to make my way to the beach, I will be sitting on the beach watching your game, uh, toes up in the sand, uh, watching some basketball in a shaded spot somewhere from two to four Eastern coach, uh, Thank you for coming on. Congratulations on uh, all that you have accomplished this year. It's not done. We know it's not done. I got a feeling it ain't done. Yeah. So uh, we're just going to sit back and watch you guys do what you do. And uh, congratulations to you, the staff, your family, your coaches' families, the players. A.D. Rogers uh, really over is- there. A.D. Rogers, yeah, shout out to A.D. Rogers, uh, one, of, one of the first people to be a big supporter of the Black College Sports Network. So that's why I say we got love for Langston and we got love for you. So it's a great marriage. I, I knew when they got you, I said, uh-oh. I said, watch out. Langston is coming up and you, you, you guys have proved me right again. So uh, good luck, Coach, man. We, we're going to be praying for you guys. Safe travels. Uh, best of luck to you. Uh, any final words you want to say uh, before we let you go? And no, I, I definitely always appreciate you guys' support, your kindness. 
Um, you know, one thing I ask is if you're out there on the beach and nice 80 degree weather, at least have a drink for me. It's, it's, it's kind of chilly back here in Kansas City. You need have to say it, Coach. I got you. I got you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Chris Wright, Langston University, and uh, wow, man, that is awesome, Drew. Uh, Every boy says it, the HBCU family is with him. Hey, exactly. Look, and I, I got to get you know. I, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because again, Monday, Tougaloo, uh plays St. Thomas. That's a Sun Conference uh, team that Florida Memorial is very familiar with. Um, so that's a two o'clock. I I'd be shocked if Tougaloo doesn't win that. They're game. around the corner from Florida Memorial. Literally, yeah, I'd be shocked if Tougaloo doesn't win that game. Now I don't know the seating. I haven't looked completely at the. I'm looking at the bracket NAIA right now. Bracket. What? Are, so obviously they seat everybody one to sixteen. I'm assuming. Um, yeah, in four quads. Okay, so what? So Langston is what, and this team, Georgetown, Kentucky, is what? That's a two-three matchup, and the winner of that one will take uh, will be taking on Grace out of Indiana or Freed Hardman out of Tennessee, and that's a one-five matchup. Just going by seeding, Brian. Just going by seeding, Brian. This is the this is the tough second toughest bracket in Kansas City. I'm I'm trying to understand how they do the brackets in Kansas City because I would have thought that if Langston is a two, they would match up against a 15 seed. No, that's not no, the case, right. though. No, it's you still have your four quads. It oh, would just okay. it would be like the SC2A gotcha. with the full uh, regional sites, you. except they bring that's all right. the regional sites to one location. You still have four okay. quads, so when that quad. You have the one, the two, who is Langston, the three, and the three five, five seed still okay. alive. Okay. The only quad okay. that is better than that, and that's the dual quad, the listing quad yeah. has all four of the top seeds remaining. That's the only quad by seeding that is tougher. Okay. All right. So, uh, man, but, 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 hey, there is a potential, Drew of a dream HBCU national championship between Tougaloo and Langston, correct? Based on the seating or the bracket. Correct. Based on the brackets. Yes. Wow. They're on both they're on two opposite on sides the of the bracket. Langston is in the dual quadrant. Tougaloo is in the Naismith quadrant, which is the other thirty which is in the other thirty two. And they will be playing what they say they will play Monday. Should both of them win, Tougaloo will play at Wednesday at 1 o'clock, and Langston will play Wednesday at 5 o'clock. And those are central times that I just gave you guys. So that will be 2 and 6 for those of you all on the East Coast. And the nice thing for those of you who are about to, you know, you're about to soak up the NCAA and, you know, they have these these games played in eight different arenas around the country. The NAIA, when they get to the final 16, they put everybody in one building and you're playing all these games right there in Kansas City, Missouri, right? Not Kansas City, Kansas. Kansas City, correct? Missouri, Municipal Auditorium. Right. So the good, you can get the good barbecue uh, on that side of the river, correct? The good, the good barbecues on that side of the river, Drew? Very much so. <laughs> Very I would much love. So. To, I would love to be able to take 
whatever time off, if we get a Final Four that has Langston and Tougaloo, I I would love to take some personal days and go to Kansas City. Brian, to just you won't have to take personal days because you're on spring break, and that and the Final Four matchup would be Friday, with the championship game being Saturday of this week. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Enough said. Langston Tougaloo. Let's get it done. I don't know if I can find me a cheap flight on uh, somewhere. I won't fly Spirit, though. Spirit. I will not fly Spirit. Nope. nope <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So- doing it. Southwest had some uh, decent flights last time I checked, though, Brian. Seriously. There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right. All right. So, yeah, just uh, just to quickly recap the NAIA, of course, uh, as we just mentioned, Langston won both of their games in the opening round, uh, opening region. Uh, it, they were host. Um, Tougaloo won both of their matchups. Tougaloo, interesting enough, matched up initially against an 11 seed and beat them by 10. That was uh, Texas A&M, Texarkana. Then they had to play a 14 seed. They fortunate the defending champs uh, were in their field, Loyola, Louisiana. They lost their opening round, so they ended up playing a 14 seed Sagu out of Texas. Uh, we're familiar with them because they are in Langston's conference. Southwest Center. Assembly of Gods. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, they beat, uh, Tougaloo beat them 75-62 to advance. Uh, Got to give a shout out to Xavier and Coach Williams because as an eight playing a nine, they won their opening round by a score of 95-57. to 57. But Brian, then they had to play. Remind everybody yeah. where their game was at. Yes, that game was in Caldwell, Idaho, hosted by the College of Idaho, who was the host school and the one seed. And that's who Xavier had to play. Unfortunately, they lost 76 to 61. Uh, But, you know, on opening day, we had uh, Xavier, Tougaloo, and Langston, all of the uh, NEIA get a a win. Get a dub. Okay, uh, over on the women's side, uh, wasn't so well. Well, two of the three didn't have a good outing in their opening game. Uh, Florida Memorial had to travel to the host school, uh, Marion, Indiana, up in my hometown of Indianapolis. They lost eighty to fifty nine. Um, Philander Smith had to travel to Park City, Kansas, and take on Montana Western. They lost seventy nine to forty eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russ College did get a win, though. Russ College did get a win in the opening round against Faulkner right there in Alabama. Uh, they beat them 71-51. to But in the second round, they had to play the host school, Campbellsville, Kentucky. Unfortunately, uh, they could not overcome, and they lost 80-65. to So uh, congratulations to Rust. Uh, on getting a win in the tournament. Uh, and, you know, it's a continual building steps. Coach Jackson, it's like you get there, you don't have a good first round, first first, uh, first outcome, but the, but the trick is to get there the second year in a row, the third year in a row, and that's three when you start four, stacking. Three out of four, something along that line. Three out of four. That's, that's when you start stacking wins. That's what we've seen Xavier do with Coach Williams, uh, that's what we've seen Coach Wright do in a couple different stops. Uh, he did it especially when he was at Talladega. Um, and so uh, that that's what we're hopeful 
the is in store. So uh, again, Tougaloo men and Langston men are still alive. You can catch those games Monday and Tuesday. Let's take Brian, a break, Drew. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Edward Boy says it has to be tough to beat an assemblies of gods. Now let's go to break. <laughs> now let's go to break. You're watching the BCSN Sports Trail with Brian and AD. We'll be back in just a moment. are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton, Esquire, 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407 407- 494-1471 thamptonlaw.com Don't worry, Ma, we'll be there soon. We? Is this the one? Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. They're here. Definitely the one. Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the Law Office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. 
All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Uh, it just also happens, while it's Selection Sunday, it just also happens to be the night of the Academy Awards, the Oscars. And, of course, Drew, it brings up the memories of the slap heard around the world one year ago. Uh... <laughs> Did you get a chance to watch Chris Rock's Netflix special, Drew? Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. You did? Okay. Yes. I have not watched it yet. I, I don't know why. I'm not, I'm not a, I just, I, I got I to gotta watch it, I guess. I got I to gotta find, sit down and watch it. But uh, would you care to give a any kind of take or, or thought on what you saw? Did you, you agree, disagree? Yeah. Good play. Brian, you ever walked into the barbershop and, you know, you, you, you just got to sit there and wait a little bit because your barber, everybody wants to go to your barber, so he's got about four oh, yeah. or five ahead of oh, you yeah. where you can get your hair cut. You know, I remember that back in the day when I used to be able to get my hair cut. And yes. people just sit around just talking, just talking trash and just talking yes. junk and everything like yes. that. And then somebody bring up that one dude that done pissed you off. Mm. You're in the barbershop and you just let it go. That was the Chris Rock special. He just let it go in the barbershop. <laughs> yeah, I got I to gotta check it out. I got to check it out. Uh, I've heard some interesting uh, commentary on it. So, uh I gotta yeah. check it out, but and, but, and, 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 and it's all about perspective, you know. Sure, uh, sure. Some, some, some people, right? Some people say he may have gone over over the board with it. Oh, never. Some never people say that Will deserved it, and Jada deserved it. Though no, I'm not going to put my opinion on that one way or the other. It's a matter of your opinion. Whether whether you feel like it was deserved or not deserved, man, that stuff was funny. It just jokes, right? It just jokes, right? It's just jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them jokes is personal, but it was funny. Uh, yeah, well, that's the best jokes. Those are the best jokes. The ones that are actually a little personal. Those are the best yeah. jokes. Any comedian will tell yeah. you that. Uh, I am not a comedian, yeah. but I feel like. I could be a comedian. I feel like I could be a good comedian if I really studied yeah. my craft. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm breaking down one more time that we can move off this subject. You ever been around family, Brian, and that your that one family member or that cousin or that friend brings up that memory that you just don't want to remember? And you're looking back at it ten years later. And it, 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 it's funny, except for the fact that it's about you. <laughs> it's about you. <laughs> it's about yes. you. Something yes. stupid happened that you did. You may have been drunk. Mm. You may have been sober. But whatever it happened, whatever yeah. it was, it happened, and it was about you. And they bring it up, yeah. and everybody else in the room is dying laughing. laughing. Dying laughing. Yeah, yeah. And you want to laugh? At yeah. you, you you know it's funny, but you start to get you pissed mad. off because it's about you that it came up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, and, okay. and, and I, you want to whoop that dude? You know what? That's probably how Will Smith feels about Chris Rock right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I will say this. A year later, I was telling somebody this. I, I understand when people say that they are triggered by things or someone, I have a new perspective about that. Um, because I still, whenever I see Will Smith, I still feel some kind of way. I, I really do. I mean, I'm, you know, I, that's a, that's a grown man. I'm a grown man. I, we're not, we're not, I'm nowhere near his circle of his life. And I should not have, I should not give two flips about that man. But whenever I see a project or a movie that he's in, I think about what he did to another black man on national TV. And I really am bothered by that. It really bothers me. And so I have a new appreciation when people say they are triggered by things like you get all upset and your stomach gets in a knot and you get real flustered. And yeah, I get it. I get it. And that, that's just me. I'm say what you guys will out there on, 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 on the, on the, social, on the, in the, in the chat room. But I, I think it's more so because it was a, a black man attacking another black man. And you, anyway, let me not go into that. Let's talk about, uh, basketball. Let's talk about basketball because we've got some storylines to talk about storylines that happened over in the SWAC in Birmingham, uh, we, we told, we, we, we thought going in that, Hey, you got to watch out for the Texas school. You got to watch out for Texas Southern. I will say this, Drew, I'm going to be the bad guy here. Now, Texas Southern, right? Johnny, um, um, uh, uh, oh, why can't I think of the coach's name? God, thank Jones. you. Jones. I, I was thinking I had Taylor Walker. I had all kinds of Johnny's on my mind. Johnny Walker. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> you you think about drinking, bro. <laughs> Johnny uh, Walker. <laughs> What's in that cup? Uh, it's not clear. Yeah, hey, look. look. <laughs> uh, coach is 26 and 8 in March, right? I mean, the man is the king of March. He is moving into SWAC legend status. Yes, I said it. He's moving into SWAC legend status. And and you historians of the SWAC, say what you will. But the, what he's done, the three years, um, uh, he has continued the tradition, Texas Southern, uh, for the seventh time since 2014. And the third year in a row, they uh, won the uh, SWAC tournament champion. Um, and, and they've done it also in the regular season as well. And this year was kind of interesting uh, from the standpoint of, yeah, they had some injuries. They had some illnesses. Um, I, I watched them beat good teams. I watched them lose to teams. They're actually there when Florida A&M beat them. It it changed my perspective on Florida A&M and Texas Southern. And then, you know what Texas Southern did? They went out and won three in a row. Then they lost three games in a row to end the regular season. So you were sitting there thinking, who is this team? And so they come into this game, the worst possible matchup that could have happened for Alcorn was running into Texas Southern. And sure enough, they got bit. But then something strange happened because Grambling State was playing the best, I thought, all tournament. Of all eight teams, they were playing the best. Drew, when I t remember what my pro tip was about watching the unders and the totals, right? Pretty much it was consistent for everybody but Grambling. The first half of the first game, they scored 47 points. 
lit the rim on fire shooting. And I'm sitting there like, oh, God, there goes the under. Uh, because Jordan Grambling is just scoring at will. They scored something like 80-something points, 78 points in the first game. Dropped another 70 in the second game. But you know what, Drew? They got – I don't know, maybe I'm nitpicking. But when you saw that they were down 20-5 to to start that game, you know what thought came into my head? Damn, Grambling was the two seed, having to play the last flipping game on Friday night, had to turn around and play. Uh, now, you could say they played a 5 o'clock game or a 4 o'clock, 4.30 central time game. Texas Southern had about six, seven more hours of rest and probably an easier bracket going through. I don't know. Maybe it mattered for the pace that Grambling plays at. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm making excuses for Grambling, so say what you want. But the SWAC, in my opinion, should really think about how they schedule the semifinal games. Now, I know there's an advantage for the one seed. Okay, so the, the, the one seed, Alcorn State would have had a great advantage because on the first night, they played at 3 o'clock. Then they wouldn't have played. They would have had almost. Then they would have had a day off Wednesday, and then they would have had to play. Uh, excuse me, a day off Thursday, and then would have had to play Friday, the early game Friday afternoon game three o'clock yes. afternoon game. Then the championship is on what Saturday, Saturday late four thirty. But because Texas Southern beat Alcorn, they took over that time slot. So guess who had the you extra? You can't day hold off? that against Texas Southern. I'm not holding it against Texas Southern. I'm just saying okay. that the benefit of what where I think it mattered was Grambling had to play three games in three days. That's where I think it mattered. And also what I think is the men, whoa, whoa, whoa. women did, did Grambling play on Grambling had the day off also, they played, didn't they? they they no, they played, no, they played Thursday. One and two seeds. They played Thursday. I thought the one no, of the no, two no, seeds no. played. Uh, mm, where's the, who's got the schedule? Somebody tell me, somebody tell me because hold on. I got the, I got the bracket right here. Um, this is, this is great. Uh, great podcasting, uh, and, and radio here. Somebody yeah, they played can, on Wednesday. Oh, they did. The so they Grammy had to break too. That's the women's bracket I'm looking at. I'm sorry. Give me a second. Yeah, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the men's bracket here. Let me make sure I'm I'm speaking correctly here. Uh Grambling played. They played Wednesday. Yeah, they played the first game Wednesday. They played the first game, didn't have to break. Okay. Yes. Okay. So okay. that advantage was the same. Uh, it was the advantage. Okay, so I guess what I'm just referring to is the the Friday night where they had to play the second game, which is the 8:30 game, and then have to turn around. So, um, you know, maybe maybe it's I, originally I thought it was them having to play three games in three days, but it wasn't that uh, case. But I still think though, while the Miac plays a two women's game and then two men's game. The SWAC playing the alternating games? I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that. What What is your 
maybe I, what is your take on just the scheduling of these games? Now that we've seen this tournament play out, what's your thought on the, on the scheduling of the, of the SWAT, the way they did theirs versus the way the MEAC did theirs? Well, it, there's good and bad to it. If you are a fan of a particular institution, you've got a better chance of seeing both your institutions in the same time, time slot of the day, afternoon slot, or evening slot with the alternating bracket, being women, men, women. Versus if you are, and I believe that happened with Grambling, with their men and their women playing back-to-back on Wednesday afternoon, if I, if I have my... If, if, I, if I have that correct. But from a competitive point, you would want those games to be as close together time-wise. So you would want that BAC uh, schedule with the men's pod in the morning and the women's pod in the afternoon. The thing that I did not like, both with the BAC and going back to the CIAA tournament, is the fact that you had your men semifinal on Friday night. Mm-hmm. And then, because of TV, you played your men's championship game as the early game on Saturday. So, mm-hmm. knowing that, and, and let's be real, your Monday game, which is the game that you're playing on TV, was right. your early game. From a competitive point, you may have wanted to flip-flop the brackets as early as Friday to have that men's game be the early early pod on Friday so that your men would have as close to a 24-hour period before the championship game, your marquee game on national television on Saturday. And then the same thing with the women, they would have been on that same approximately 22 to 24-hour break. That would have been the SWAT thing and the BAC and the CIAA both ran into that problem because I'm assuming because of their TV contracts and people not foreshadowing. Now I understand you tend to want your men's game to be the evening game because quote unquote that's when the people will be there. That's your draw. But Your bigger draw. Yeah, right. That's your draw. But you, we've got to do some some thinking and maybe I don't know if any coaches said anything and they were just ignored or maybe the coaches need to speak louder on that particular issue. Robert Jones of Norfolk State had some words about that. And and, and for those who who haven't been in that situation, a normal game, a normal game day when you're on the road and that's what you have to treat these tournament games like road games. You, you, if you're there the day before, you're going to be in the hotel. You're going to get up that next morning. You're going to you're going to do your breakfast. You're going to go to shoot around for about for an hour. Then you're going to go back to the hotel and, and get off your feet. Pop, probably have some food delivered because the coaches want to uh, have you stay off of your feet, so they tend to have food delivered to the hotel. And then you go to the to the gym. To play ball, you get to the gym about an hour and a half early to allow you, hour and a half to two hours early so you can go get taped, 
do do whatever you need to do and start going through your mental preparation and all the physical preparation to get ready for the game about maybe about 45 minutes or so before tip-off, 45, 50 minutes before tip-off, you go down to the locker room, you begin to get dressed and get ready for the game. You go out, 30 minutes before the game is when you go out and hit the floor, go through your pregame routine and and get the juices flowing. And it's all about routine and rhythm. Well, when you play that late game on a Friday night or any night and then have to turn around and play an afternoon game the next day, it it throws that pattern off that you have established throughout the season. Your morning shoot-around is probably gone. What's the importance of morning shoot-around besides getting up shots, Brian? Normally, coaches may take about 15, 20 minutes of that morning shoot-around and do a walkthrough, okay, Number 32, remember, this is how we're going to play this on defense. This is how we're going to defend this. Okay, this is how they like to defend certain things. So this is the adjustment that we're going to make on offense when we see this defense. Uh, Maybe go over a blob play or or a slob play. That's baseline out of bounds and sideline out of bounds uh, for those who don't understand basketball lingo. And you may go through a special special situation uh, play, you know, if we got the ball with three seconds left, this is probably this is what we're going to run. If we got to go the length of the court, just kind of, just as a kind of uh, refresher, and you, you you quickly go over those type things, get some shots up, get some free throws up, get used to the rims, things and, you know, things like that to get you ready for the game. That whole routine is gone. Now you have to rely on mental preparation, film study, and somebody's. Hotel room, game notes in somebody's, you know, going over the game plan in somebody's hotel room or in the lobby of the hotel. Just it just, just that little slight alteration of the routine may be the difference between the team winning and losing. And again, this is all for a one bid league. One team is going to the tournament. So again, by Jackson State women, by Alcorn, by Grambling, uh, you know, top-tier teams. Uh, speaking of, Robert Jones, of head coach of Norfolk, he was very adamant. He played the second men's session on Friday night, a game against North Carolina Central, that I believe that went to overtime. Um, and they, from what I read is that game didn't finish until about 11 o'clock. And they had to play a 1 p.m. game. And like you said, Drew, I mean, Friday night, your big draw for Norfolk Scope is what? The men's games. But look, I I know we're selling out a bit for television. I understand the contracts. But at some point, and this is why, again, I'm going to get on another soapbox here, Drew. This is why I keep saying what I'm saying. I'm going to say it until until it becomes heard by more people. If you're in a one big league, I still scratch my head saying, why do you play a full conference schedule? You play everybody twice. The SWAC, not so much everybody twice, but the SWAC could 
a modified Ralph Roberts into with swag. You could you could swag because the Big Ten does it. They play a twenty game regular season. Swag could. I'm just saying. Um, but they play in 18 games, a modified round robin. In the MEAC, you play everybody twice. But you play everybody twice, some people once, and then that's poof. It means nothing. Great, you want a regular season title. You run an automatic bid to the NIT. Alcorn State going to the NIT. Congratulations. Even though you got knocked out in the first round, you won the regular season title with Grambling. Um, unfortunately, Grambling... From all bracket and yeah, there are NIT bracketologists, Drew. From the two or three bracketology sites that I saw regarding the NIT, Grambling State may may end up missing out on the NIT, and they actually were a higher rated team according to RPI and net numbers than Alcorn State. Grambling may miss out on the NIT. May that bracket comes out tonight at ten, I believe. Uh, you know, but. I, I I don't back to my main point was playing for if you're a regular season team and sort of either stacking the bracket in a certain way that makes it advantageous to your top 10 team. There has to be a reward for playing. It has to be more than just a time slot. There has to hey, be a reward hey when you are the one in what? I, I, I like it so. But hold on, I, I would you consider? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you thought you were done. No, no, go ahead. No, no, not okay. really. But go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I thought no, you my, were done. Yeah. No. 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 I, I I just was getting to the main point about when you have when you are one or you're you're a one bid league. The objective is to send your best team to the NCAA tournament. I had people tell me that the SWAC has never had an issue with this until guess what year. This year, where your eighth seed is going to the tournament. Now, this is a particularly different kind of eight seed because this isn't like this is Texas Southern. This is your crown jewel who kind of limped into the tournament. But guess what? what? Your, 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 your flagship basketball program. Just say it. Your right. flagship basketball program was the eight seed, and they limped into the tournament. And then guess what? They ended up doing getting hot which is the biggest fear because usually the eight teams, the eight seeds don't do what Texas Southern did. They don't. They usually bow out in the first round. Maybe they get lucky and win a first round game, but they're, 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 uh, they're chum for the, uh, for the one seed usually. Okay. But you know, the idea is to send your best to the tournament so that what you can win a game or two and then potentially bring money back to your, to your league. I mean, that, that should be the purpose. Now, this year, just so happened to me at Howard. Howard has a very good team. They won the regular season, but they were the third favorite on the board. Cha-ching, plus 300. Uh, Howard was the third favorite behind North Carolina Central and Norfolk State. They ended up winning. But had they not won, they would have ended up in the NIT. They're going dancing. And they don't have to play in the first four game, from what I'm told, right, from what I've seen. Correct. Because of the MEAC's rating. Okay, but guess Texas Southern, hey, if Grant, you know, regardless of who came out the SWAC, because the SWAC's rating is so poor, whoever came out of it, even if it was Grambling, they were going to the uh, first four. So it it didn't matter. But 
I, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know, Drew. I, I've, I've seen it more times than not. I feel like I've seen it more. And this is one of those over-exaggeration things. Maybe that I feel like is in my head about mid-majors is that I want to see mid-majors take out some of these, some of these last four. Yeah, the, I'm telling you, there are six, seven, and eight seeds from Big Ten, ACC, uh, S, uh, uh, Pac-12. This team suck. I mean, honestly, they are not very good. They're not very good, and they're going to get kicked to sleep in the opening round if they were playing a good mid-major. I'm, I'm telling you that. But anyway, this tournament, again, is not about the little guys. This is about the big schools. So I'm done with my rant. What were you going to say, Drew? Because I'm done with my rant. Brian, one of the beauties of the SWAC tournament, because only eight of the 12 teams get to go. Used to be eight of the 10 with Florida A&M and Bethune coming in. Now it's eight of the 12. That like. I do like that. That you get rid of the garbage first round game. Because let's go to the SWAC and women. Okay, we know Jackson State 18 1 on the regular season. But let's go to everybody else. No, oh, don't do it. From Southern, where you had a, from, you had a one, Brian, you had a two game difference between second place. And seventh place, Brian. Your second place team was twelve and six. Mm-hmm. Your team, who was seventh, was ten and eight. Mm-hmm. Those were not upsets by record. They were upsets by seed, but they were up, they're not upsets by. Record. And if you add in number eight, Brian, there was only a three game difference from the second seed. To the eighth seed. So, I don't know if you want to call it parity, if you want to call it competitiveness, or what. That's what that was one of the beautiful things of the SWAT tournament. You know, as much as I like seeing the early round upsets in the CIAA and the SIAC with the double buys and everything like that. I would much rather see those conferences go to something like this. Get rid of that garbage. <laughs> and let everybody play. You everybody everybody coming in. Everybody, you know you gotta win three. No, not not, not that better than you gotta win five and seven days or whatever the heck they had to do in order to win. No, let's get rid of all that. Top eight. Play it out. Brings even more importance to the regular season, Brian. More importance. More. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Good point. Good point. Hey, if we want to even be so bold. Hey, let's juice it up. Let's do blind draw. Let's go into <laughs> let's go into the tournament. Let's do blind draw. Brian. You know, I know, I know, I know. Hey, uh, one other thing we wanted to talk about, Drew, uh, we talked about before we before we uh, get out of this, the attendance um, at at these tournament sites. Uh, Well, I'll tell you what, I thought the MIAC was fortunate uh, at the Scope Arena. The MIAC, uh, you had the the MIAC was fortunate because 
the the the, the quote unquote host team game? or the local team right. <laughs> made it to championship Saturday. The the right. local teams made it to championship Saturday. Right. And and Howard Slash exactly. Problem? And Howard Howard is Howard is probably probably the next best or good draw. Uh, especially given the fact that they haven't, especially for the men, they haven't done what they what they what they what they did in almost I mean, thirty they, years. They had they had the perfect matchup, Howard and Norfolk. They did in the double header, oh, oh, and, and, and then you had the tabs too. And now, you know that was the first time that was the first time that that happened in the MIAC. Did you know that? Of all the history stuff that I pointed out in my little story, the one historic fact that I didn't mention was the fact that that was the first time in the MIAC where. You had the same program in the women's championship playing in the men's championship. It was the first time that happened. I thought that. I thought you did mention that. No, uh, what, what I was mentioning was the fact that no one had, no one since uh, 2011 had won the men and women's championship. That was what was at stake, and of course, it didn't happen uh, because Norfolk yeah. State women's won, and then Howard's men won. So, I mean, it, you know, that streak still holds. Uh, but yeah, hey Brian, you can always go with edit it. Nobody will know next year uh, when they go and look for that article. <laughs> I remember right I back to that article there. next year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, but go back but, to where you were with but, the tennis, yeah. But 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 the problem is, especially with the tournament being in Birmingham, once the Alabama schools were done, Brian, <laughs> so so were the fans. Um, I'm going to say this, and I may, I, I hate if I'm going to apologize if I ruffle a few feathers, but I, after watching two years now, do Alabama residents outside of Hornets and Bulldogs, do they care about the rest of the SWAC? I mean, be honest, because the attendance numbers would seem to say not so much. Regardless of the good brand, the ball, the good teams that are coming in, uh, the excitement that the conference tries to put in place there in Birmingham. Um, my, I, Brian, I haven't. Miles, I haven't, I haven't Alabama A&M will outdraw Alabama A&M at Jackson State. Well, and, and see, here's the thing, though. You know, I, I guess Birmingham. Alabama State the, would outdraw Alabama State and Southern. What is the distance? What is the time distance to get From to? Where? I don't know. I mean, let me Birmingham. see. You're in Birmingham, Alabama. Both of, those, both of those are two. Both of those are two hours under two hours. But two hours from Birmingham. what? Like, like how far is it from from Louisiana, Southern, Grambling, uh, Jackson, Jackson State? Uh, Jackson State is going to be your next closest program to Birmingham, outside the two Alabama schools, Jackson, and that's about a yeah, and that's about a four hour ride from Birmingham to Jackson. And then, you can, and then you can play off everything. You're probably talking about five Houston, hours. Louisiana. You're probably talking five hours from Alcorn or so, about five, so five it's and not a half ideal. hours. Uh, Valley is probably right at about four hours. No, Valley's probably just under four hours from where they are at. So the Mississippi schools aren't that bad. It's once you get beyond the Mississippi schools is where you run into the. It's it's not Brian. What you have to realize, especially for these tournaments, it's not about the distance from the schools, Brian. When people get their degree, they don't live in those towns anymore. 
Nobody lives in Grambling who graduated from Grambling unless you work for Grambling. <laughs> Nobody lives in Lorman, Mississippi who graduated from Alcorn unless you work for Alcorn. Let's be real, Brian. Don't get in trouble, Drew. When, when, Go we ahead. Get, when we get these, when you get these degrees, a, a majority of these people are going to move to population centers. Dallas, Atlanta, Chicago, D.C., New York, uh, places places like that, New Orleans. Uh, Birmingham is not one of those destination cities, Brian. Okay, so on championship I can list, list 10 schools, I can list, I can list 10 cities where HBCUs, no matter what HBCU graduated from, People will migrate to those cities. I can list at least ten cities before Birmingham before I even think about this the Birmingham. Okay, so let me let me ask this: the That's championship problem, Saturday for the SWAT. Championship Saturday, the attendance, and we looked this up. The women's game drew fifteen percent of the capacity of Bartow Arena. Bartow, and this I'm reading. This was according to the box score on ESPN. Fifteen uh, percent was about fourteen hundred of the 8,500 seat capacity. The men's game drew 17% of capacity. Now, I didn't find the numbers for the MIAC in the scope. So if anybody out there knows the attendance numbers for championship Saturday from the the scope, is it time to look at, and I know the commissioner wants to have these centers where you make these events, you do all, you can do all kinds of things for the tournament you can do. But if your goal is to have a place where people can celebrate HBCUs and SWAC basketball, it's time to start thinking of somewhere other than Birmingham, Alabama, because that ain't it. You know, the other other problem, Brian, I've seen it two, two years in a row. Yes. What's, what, Brian, what's the other problem? Have you ever tried to fly to Birmingham? Okay, so that's another that's another issue. That's and another it's issue. it's not it's not that it's not that it's a bad airport or but you can't fly you can't find reasonably priced flight options into a Birmingham. Right. Especially so, if you're not sure that your team is going to be playing on a Friday or a Saturday, you could always find a well, decent flight the, into Atlanta. You could always find a decent the, flight into the, the, You could always find that's a decent pressure. flight into Dallas. If you're going into that, let's just say I'm 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 going to speak as a Florida A&M grad here in Orlando, right? Living in Orlando. If if by chance uh, when Florida A&M got to the tournament, right, they played on a Wednesday. You're almost booking a three night stay. Probably in, in your flight, you're not leaving out until Saturday night, probably, if you're lucky, maybe Sunday, or Sunday morning, you know, right. or Sunday morning. Right. So you're just going to have to go and enjoy a weekend. And but then I'm left saying if I go up to Birmingham, Alabama and we get knocked out in the first round, guess what the team is going to do? The team is going home. They're not staying extra days. They're getting on a plane or a bus and they're out of there. They, guess what? This guy has to day. do. This guy has to either spend all day in Bartow Arena watching basketball, which I can be perfectly fine with, but at night, where am I going to go? In the evening, where where can I go to go hang out in 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 Birmingham? I don't know. Can, you know, I'm not. I, I, here's the question. Here's the question, Brian. You in Birmingham? 
how many people can you scroll through your phone and say, "Hey, I'm in Birmingham. Uh, let's hang out. I, I, I'm in Birmingham. You want to get? A, you want to catch a drink, or you want, or, or something like that? How many people can you go through your Rolodex of people and say that in Birmingham? Not a whole lot, right? You're right. Now, when You're you right. go to Atlanta, when you go to Atlanta, how many people can you just text, shoot a text to a call and say, hey, 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 I'm going to be in town uh, next couple of days, uh, man. Uh, Want to hook up, hang out, catch a drink, uh, we can get off work, blah, blah, blah. You, you, you can go through and find somebody when you're in Atlanta, correct? Probably. You can go through and find somebody when you're in the Houston area. You can go through and find somebody when you're in the Dallas area. How about New Orleans? And, and certain other cities. You can go through and find somebody in New Orleans. Chicago. You know. I don't know anybody in New Orleans. Well, anyway. Wait, Still, wait, New Orleans, I'd rather go down, to New Orleans. I'd rather go to New Orleans. Right. But even coming out of your area, there, there, there are people, no matter what institution you're associated with, down in that Central Florida area who live in, that, who live in the Orlando area, who live in the Miami area. That it, When you wind up in that situation, you could you could you could pick up the phone and call somebody or shoot a text to somebody. Uh, these are I, some of the things that may go into the mind of people as they make these make these travel plans. And the SWAC it, tournament is not a destination type event. The CIAA because is of the great city, of all, because hey, of the city, hey, but the, the city. The city, Drew. It's the city. The city is not a destination city. Don't say it's the right. event. I disagree. But, 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 but even the, the CIAA has changed cities and happened to maintain the culture after changing cities after fifteen years in Charlotte. They just Baltimore picked it up. Nice city. And, but they, I'm just saying. But you know. But you have to realize it had to be hard to move that from Charlotte to Baltimore. Two totally different cultures. Baltimore to Charlotte. Yeah, true. But the, the, the aura of the tournament, the essence of the tournament stayed the same in both cities. Yes. Why is that? Yes. And it, well, and they moved it to one big city with with a with and you talked about the airplane the air the air the the airports. I, you have no trouble getting into Charlotte. You have no trouble getting into Baltimore. You have sites. Right. I, you have some sites in, in Charlotte. You have sites and great seafood in Baltimore. I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff in Baltimore. So I get what you're saying. Uh, two different cultures. But that's a question that the SWAC is going to have to answer. The MEAC seems to be in a good place in Norfolk for them. And, now, I think the MEAC... And, and, well, the MEAC SIC is, is, is in the same, if not a worse position, than the SWAC. Yes, the, uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. They are. But guess what the S guess what's in the SIC's footprint though? Guess what major city is? That would be Atlanta. Atlanta. Yes, that is a and, and, if the so, S- and if the SIC could figure out how to do Atlanta well for the basketball tournament, because I've been in Atlanta for SIAC basketball tournaments, and some of those were logistical nightmares, Brian. Just just to be honest with you. I, I love Morehouse. I, I love I love that arena. But inside the arena, everything was fine. But that many people on Morehouse's campuses with the buses and the cars and the parking situation around Morehouse. Morehouse is not the site. Atlanta is the place, but Morehouse is not 
the site. And I'm sorry for all those, all those maroon tigers out there. It, it's just tough logistically to host things on Morehouse and Clark's campus. Just, just being real because of how, how tight everything is there. Now, if they could get the SIC out at the G League Arena, which is right there at the airport in Atlanta, you don't even have to leave the airport oh, if yeah, they can get true. into the G League Arena. It's right there. There are hotels at the airport. Now, now, if you go into it, be prepared to pay for some parking because parking is going to whoop your you-know-what. But if you're flying in, <laughs> you don't need a rental car. <laughs> you don't need nothing else because you're right there at the airport. Everything is right there at the airport grounds. Just throw that out there. And I, I don't. I, I don't. You know, I see other. Tur- I see other. I see other tournaments hosting on campuses, and I j- and I look at the enthusiasm. I'll, I'll tell you that the, the best places that I've seen. Now, obviously, there are schools from big conferences to, to mid majors that have theirs in uh, Las Vegas now because they Las Vegas has they have hotel ballrooms that they can turn into arenas, and so it ends up working out. And who doesn't want to go to Vegas? Like, you know, it's like everybody, every conference on the West Coast is running to Vegas. That's, that's harder to do in the South, is it? Could you possibly? I don't know. You historians tell me. I know I saw Doc in there uh, in, in the chat. When's the last time the SWAC had their tournament in New Orleans? Is if it's not the city, then it's it, it's the it's so much of, about the fan base and saying, where can your fan base go and not only have a good time in the arena, but outside of the arena, you know, and that's the challenge. I, I think there's a lot of challenges for the swag. I don't know if I, I would hate to, I'm just going to be just me, my opinion uh, for now. I mean, I, you know, obviously I get more, more information. I would love to, to learn more, but for right now, Birmingham, <clears throat> I haven't been, so I, I'm going to preface that by saying in the two years of being a part of the SWAC, I have not been to Birmingham for the basketball tournament. So I'm going to say that in all you know transparency. But looking at it on TV, it doesn't have the excitement um, that, that it deserves. And, and, Period. And Brian. Here's the the problem with your campus uh, analogy. Idea, right. Idea. Number one, it's spring break time usually when these tournaments happen. SIEC tournament, SWAC tournament. So if you're going to do it on a campus site, number one, you've got to pick somebody who's actually in school during the week of the tournament. Or not out of school the week prior to the tournament so they can do the preparation. Number one. Number two. It's going to be tough to get students just to come on GP to somebody else's campus. I'm on spring break. I don't want to be on my own campus. Why the hell do I want to go to somebody (laughs) else's campus while I'm on spring break? So... (laughs) <laughs> you really walking into <laughs> alumni and parents, and you need to walk it into destination cities, right? <laughs> you, you know, campuses are cool when you're trying to save a dollar or two, 
But if you it, but if you really try to put on a quality tournament, no offense to anybody's champions out there. It's it, it, it it's tough to sell, especially if you try to get the students to uh come and support. It's, it's tough to sell me going to somebody else's campus, or tough for me to stay around and hang out during my spring break on this campus that I'm really trying to get away from for a week. Let's go to break, Brian. Idea and just sit out there during the break. And this goes back to a thought that I've had a few years back. Imagine, and this goes back to my theory about not playing a postseason tournament by who goes to the NCAA. But what if you had after? Hey Brian, uh, you start the buffer. Uh, we go get this. Brian, let's do this. Uh, you start the buffer there. Let's get your thought on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. Uh, Brian and AD. We'll be back in just a moment. Five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. 
this is always like never before. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yeah. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Uh, sorry about my little technical issues earlier. Hopefully, uh, as I switched Wi-Fi connections, they are <clears throat> a little bit better. Um, I'll get back to the point I was making earlier, Drew, uh, real quick. Um, I think the SWAC, and, and this, the SWAC, I think the SWAC would be a perfect candidate to try a mid-season tournament and take away the need to have an end-of-the-year postseason tournament just to appease the television contracts. Maybe they could do it after the television contract. But anyway, to base it on the regular season. So the team with the regular season best record goes. Now, why do a mid-season Tournament would do serve two purposes. One, it'd be a celebration of SWAC basketball somewhere. You could do it around President's Day weekend. Okay, follow me here. President's Day weekend, where you could catch hold of a Friday, Saturday, maybe even playing on a Sunday, and then maybe a championship on Monday. Okay. Um, what it would also give you is coming out of the tournament, you would have a good look to see, based on the standings, 
what the second half race to the championship is going to look like. You know, teams get a chance to kind of see each other and you get a chance to figure out who's going to make a dash in the final nine games of the regular season. Um, what do you think of that idea, Drew? I, I like the I like the idea uh, that you are trying to do something over the President's Day weekend, but Brian, I don't think anybody's going to buy it. That's uh, that's the problem. What are, what are the obstacles? What obstacles do you foresee? What if if that if that's the case? What happens when you get a situation like the Jackson State women then, who will wrap up the regular season with four games to go? Now the rest of the season is like blah. Well, I mean, you still got to play the games. I mean, you know, I, they're already blind. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what do you want? You so your 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 argument is just because Jackson State clinched the outright, we still had to wait to see, but whether they made it to the tournament. But again, isn't that counter? It, 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 again, what's the purpose of sending a team to the tournament? You want to send your best. I keep going back to that. How it, look, I've heard Dr. McClellan say on multiple shows. I heard him, I heard a great interview he did with Charles Edmond before the tournament. If he could ever get, and he didn't say it, but I'm gonna say it. If he could get his knuckleheaded athletic directors to realize to stop scheduling as poorly as they're scheduling, he could and they would listen to him. He's trying to them how to improve your rating so that, guess what? We don't end up with an 0-10 preseason or non-conference, which then puts you in a deficit when you go and have a 15-3 conference season. He's trying to tell them, but I get it, resources, money, some of them aren't listening. But he's on the committee. He's telling them the formula. It's like having the cheat code, Drew, and not using it. The man is telling you how you can improve your program, improve your rating, so that we all can improve and get out of 29, 29, 31, 32 lines, conference RPI. He's trying to tell 12 schools that ain't listening. He's trying to tell right. 12 athletic directors who aren't listening. Maybe one or two, you, you, but overall, you can tell them what you want to. Listening. You can tell them what you want to, and they probably agree with them. But when that president or the director of finance says that you've got to bring in X amount of dollars. Oh, my God. It's still a business, Brian. I get it. I get it. Uh, let's talk about uh, two quick things here related to the NCAA tournament, Drew. First off, 
Uh, AD and I are drew are are hosting a NCAA bracket contest. <clears throat> um, if you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash BCSN Sports Wrap, you will see a, uh, a tournament that we are hosting via the CBS platform, CBS Sports platform. We're hosting a bracket contest. We want to challenge. Hey, we want to challenge other shows, other shows, other podcasts, uh, other fans other media, our listeners, we all want you, we want to challenge all of you to jump into our pool. And here's what we're going to do. Now, we, we've we set up a $10 entry fee and the instructions on how to take care of the entry fee are there. But here's what we're going to do with that entry fee. 50%, half of the winnings, half of the pot is going to go to the winner's uh, HBCU athletic department or a designated HBCU athletic program of their choice. So let's just say if somehow Drew wins the contest and we have a big pot because we got 60 people in it, you know, half of that money go right to, I don't know, he may send half to Tuskegee, half to Florida a and I don't know where he'll send it, but let's just say he sent it to one school. And let's just say he go to football. We're sending that in a donation to football. So half of the money going there. Then we've also got another portion going to the winners. We're going to take uh, care uh, of the uh, winners uh, with some eight. Brian, Brian. Yeah. Uh, if our producer could open up the link that I just sent her, I was trying to put it in the chat feature, but the chat feature would not let me put it in there. Uh, so if she could open that up on the screen to let everybody see that. Uh, I, don't know, I hope she's listening to people, us. For those of Able to copy yeah, that link and open the browser on the screen. Yeah, if you're listening to us in a podcast format, so the best thing you want to do is you want to go check out our Facebook page, go to BCSN Sports Wrap. You'll see the link there to sign up for our uh, March Madness Challenge. Uh, and again, for the winners, whether it be one winner, we, we're hoping that we can have multiple winners. Or one winner, we're going to uh, we're going to get you some HBCU gear uh, from you know there are a couple of different manufacturers of HBCU gear um, that uh, that that we work with or know, and so we want to you know if your school license you, know, you want to get HBCU some gear, gear license yes license HBCU gear thank you uh, license gear so we're going to supply. Whether it be a card or we're going to, uh, you know, actually get it for you, um, you know, we're going to work that out. So, so again, uh, the tournament starts on Thursday. So you have until Thursday to sign up on CBSSports.com, join our pool. The password to join our contest is BCSN25. That's BCSN25. Yeah. So that's the. Uh, that's the uh, I don't. Did you put it in the chat in the chat rooms, Drew? It, 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 the link is too long to fit in the YouTube oh, chat. Too oh, many characters. Okay, we should have done a bitly, a little bitly, a little. We should have been a little. But that's why I said go to Facebook.com, BCSN Sports Wrap. Uh, we'll post it out a little bit more on our on social media pages, on Instagram and Twitter, um, and on uh, yeah, at my BCSN one, the number one. And so, you know, challenge other shows, other podcasts. You guys are out I, there watching. I've called it out the Sports Lab. 
Dr. Okay. Camille Charles, Mike. I'm calling out HBCU mm-hmm. nightly. Okay. That, 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 nice. That's Josh. Nice. Uh, Bell, uh, if you can listen, just copy that into the browser feature on the software and then uh, overlay that. Try, trying to do two things at once. I'm calling out the Carlos Brown show. And I'm calling out I'm calling out my brothers for G Strike Zone. There it is. All right. So uh, the Sports Rap March Madness Contest. There it is right there. Uh, standard scoring will apply based on first round, second round, Sweet 16, Elite 8, so on and so forth. Um, again, you get a max of two brackets that you can submit. Again, it's a $10 entry fee. Uh, you can do two things with your entry fee. You can send your entry fee via cash app to dollar sign JBN, my BCSN, and make sure you include what your bracket name or names are. That way we can attribute, you know, your entry fee with your bracket name. Or there's a square link as well. So you can go to a more web-based square link and you can make the uh, pay the entry fee there. Okay, and again, hey, it tells uh, Evan you. Moore. Go ahead, Brian. I thought you were done. What now? I, no, I was just going to the you last part about the payouts again, but I already said that. So, so yeah, that's what it looks like. But the link, uh, again, um, go to Facebook.com, my uh, Facebook.com, BCSN Sports Wrap. Uh, that's where you can find it. Uh, we'll We'll tweet it out a little bit later here in the show. And we'll put it up on our uh, Facebook feed, okay? Edward Moore, I'm calling out Carlos Brown to make sure he gets his entry in before the deadline so that he can talk about it on his show is what I'm doing, uh, Edwin. And if you're, uh, if you're a fan of the Carlos Brown show, I'm calling you out too, Edwin Moore. Lawrence, <laughs> David Garner, Karen Griffin. Who else is uh, here in this chat room right here? See, Dr. Cavill is in here. Lawrence, Psychedelic Literature. I'm calling all y'all out. E A Tamara T. Come on, let's see, let's see who's the best at this. You know, I'm calling our HBCU game day, Brian. See if they want to join this challenge go. with us. There you I'm, go. I'm, I'm, I'm calling from HBCU I'm, I'm calling out the, wait, media I, the, the whole association. The whole association. The whole association. Yes. yes. Everybody. Everybody. Yes. Indeed. Er, I'm calling. I'm calling out Trevor Jones, Urban Media Today. Howard Howard Mann. Well, actually, he's a Norfolk State yeah. guy. I had to, that had to be a hard beat for him as a Howard as a as a Norfolk State alum who works for and calls games for Howard. That had to be a tough day for Trevin. A happy day, but probably a tough day all at the same. Yeah, call, call, calling everybody out. Let's, let's okay. see who hey, has one other thing, Drew. Price. You said you know the brackets. You know the brackets. Let's talk. Let's talk the brackets. Where are te- where are the men teams going? I think right now I see them doing the women's bracket. So where are the men's teams going? I know Texas Southern is playing in the first four, correct? Fairly Dickinson, and that will be in Dayton, Ohio. What day? That, uh, that's two. Because there's two uh, days. Uh, two doesn't, day right now the bracket doesn't first. specify whether that's on Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay, um, so that's an opportunity. And and I, if I'm not mistaken, has, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. 
Hasn't Texas Southern won in the first four each of the last two seasons? I believe uh, HBCUs have won in the first four the last two, three times that they have played in the, in the uh, first four. We haven't lost the I mean, uh, first Texas four games in a while. Yes, Texas but Texas Southern, Southern has been one of those teams in the first four. The last two years they have won. I believe so. And we okay. can get Dr. Right. Right. Your... To, to confirm that. And Howard plays right. number one, Kansas. And on okay, the women's so side, uh, by, Kansas who lost by twenty in the championship game to Texas, and are without their head coach Bill Self. So that is interesting to see. You know wh- what kind of effect that will have on the defending champs. Uh, oh no, is Kansas the defending champs? Yeah, Kansas is the defending. Yeah. Yeah. And the so. women's bracket has come out, uh, partially come out. Norfolk is a 16 seed taking on South Carolina. So we're just waiting to see. Yikes. Waiting to see where the Southern goes. Uh, maybe we'll get that before this Ooh. show is over with, Brian. I wouldn't be surprised if Southern is in the uh, Not yet, first Dale. four. I wouldn't be surprised if Southern is in the uh, top four. Uh, first four. In the first four, yeah. They haven't released those yet. So I, I'll be monitoring that as we go through our ranking. Okay. Um, top fives. Uh, new top five for the men. Now, these are not final. This is just one more week. We're getting closer to the final, though. It'll be hard to see too many things change. From this, this is the men, the NCAA men, and the number one team, uh, despite, you know, they did win, they went two and one over the weekend. So, you know, we got to give them credit for that. Uh, Grambling State comes in at number one. They were number one last week. Um, You know, they did go two and one. They got to the championship game co-regular season chair. I'm just I'm I'm nervous about where Grambling State could end up. I, they don't end up in the NIT. They could be playing in like the CIT or something like that. There is no CIT this year, Brian. Wow. So there is there another postseason event outside of nope. the NIT? Not, wow. not to my knowledge. Mm, this is a very controversial uh, top five, Drew. Uh, we've got a all right, number two is Howard, uh, the winners of the MEAC in the regular season and the MEAC tournament. Um, taking, on a, taking on a tough Kansas team as a 16 seed in the tournament. Alcorn State uh, drops. They are number three. Alcorn State has, uh, by, by my, they got the automatic qualifier to the NIT. They won the tiebreaker over Grambling State, which gives them the automatic tiebreaker. And so they get a chance to go to the NIT, which is where they went last year. Uh, Norfolk State, it'll be interesting to see, will Norfolk State get an opportunity to continue their season in the NIT? Uh, That's no guarantees. Um, By the NIT bracketology people, they did not have Norfolk State in. That's just in. Grambling gets in before Norfolk State, Brian. 
that are you guessing that or are you predicting that? Yes, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm pre- if <laughs> if there's one or the other, I'm t- I'm saying Grambling State will get in before Norfolk. Yeah, they should. Grambling has the higher rating. Grambling has the higher rating, so they should. But I got a feeling. I it's, I got a feeling there's going to be some tears. Both of them may end up missing out. And then of course Texas Southern comes in at number five, uh, unranked, but due to winning three games in the SWAC tournament puts them in at number five drew this is going to be probably the most controversial power this is going to be the most controversial top five in some years i got a feeling just a guess uh but but there's still time we'll see what the final week or two has to say all right let's go over to i believe the women correct yes all right uh Okay, the women, top five. Uh-oh, uh-oh. We have a few people that are going to be upset about this, but they shouldn't be because uh, Jackson State, who last week was number one, that's incorrect. Last week they were number two. Technically, Jackson State was number one. Yeah, they Jackson State was number one last week. week. Yes. The, the only, only week. For the one time, the only week they were number one was last week, but obviously – uh, they went one and one in the SWAC. Norfolk State went three and zero in the MEAC, winning the MEAC conference tournament, and so that's number one. Morgan State, uh, I somebody post that Morgan State might end up in the NIT. That's an opportunity to see whether they end up in the women's NIT. Jackson State qualified already for the women's NIT. Will Morgan State get an opportunity? Uh, North Carolina A and T State finishes at number four. Southern enters the top five. They will go to the NCAA. Most likely, Drew. I'm again. I'm guessing, but they will probably be a uh, first four team. Hey, hey Brian. You know the women. Yeah. Does A and T have an opportunity to get to the NIT? You know they until they fell off the wagon the last two weeks of the season. They were having a pretty good season there, Brian. You know what? It's possible the Colonial. You know what the CAA is rated higher than the MEAC and SWAC. And that's one of the things that we have to remember. And that's one of the reasons uh, that that's, uh, you know, let somebody tell it. That's probably one of the reasons why they moved. I mean, among other things, but that's sort of the advantage of moving to the CAA is that you get that opportunity to be in a higher rated conference. So uh, I believe they were, they finished what third in the regular season in the CAA. They wound up fourth. Fourth, okay, and then but see, then they lost their first game, so that may that may put them on the bubble and may hurt their chances of getting into the NI women's NIT. Yeah, uh, Doctor uh, Bill said Tennessee uh, Texas Southern has won the last two first four games they have participated in. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Also, uh, A.W. says there's no way Grambling is better than Howard. Uh, I don't know about that one. I, I think that would be a good matchup. I don't know. Howard, got, Howard has some Power 5 wins this season to back up that argument there, uh, A.W. So just want to throw that out there to you. I, I think those are, probably, those are probably two very – comparable teams again um, go look at the metrics 
the numbers, the ratings, the, the ratings by the computers, the RPI, the net, all of this stuff says that Grambling has the better rating. Again, these are ratings, necessarily a poll. Now, in a poll, a poll may actually have Howard as number. If I were a poll voter in anybody's poll that does basketball, I might vote Howard number one. I'll be honest, because I, you know, when two, I got two equal teams, I might, by my own eye, might go ahead and take the team that advanced and the other team didn't do. Both teams were in the game. Howard won, Hamling lost. But that's not what the computer sees. The computer sees numbers, you know, and sees strength of schedule, uh, win, the things like that. You go look it up. All this stuff is out there. You know, go go look at the Ken Palm. Go look at the net rating. Go look at RPI. Uh, Grambling's been well ahead, of, well ahead of Howard pretty much all season. So just put it is what it is. Um, any other ba- basketball? Again, we want to. Encourage you guys to the- go to Facebook.com, BCSN Sports Wrap. Go take a look at our uh, at our March Madness contest. Be a part of it. Uh, we we need you. We want you to be a part of it and help bring some money to uh, somebody's favorite athletic department or team. What were you going to say, Drew? I would say half of the bracket has uh, been released on the women's side, and Southern has not appeared as of yet. So, still like to see where Southern is going to go. Uh, real quick, I want to mention Division Two. Uh, Division Two took place this past week. Uh, as of right now, we had uh, three schools on the men, three on the women. Uh, all three women's teams, unfortunately, uh, took some losses, bad losses. Actually, not bad losses. Um, Tuskegee. Lost to the number one ranked team, one of the probably top two teams in the Division Two, Tampa, who's also a host school. Uh, Elizabeth City State lost to the defending champs, who are also probably the either one or two top ranked team in Division Two and a host school. They lost to them by twenty. Um, West Virginia State, who was a I believe a four or a five seed. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, are we doing? Are we? Are we? Are we showing those? Are we going through those? I thought we weren't. Uh, no, we, we we shouldn't be going through those. Uh, I, I I just saw a graphic. Okay. Pop up. I didn't see which one that it was. Yeah, it was Division Two women. Okay. Um, yeah. Where was I at? Uh, West Virginia State lost by four to Shippensburg. Shippensburg. Four or five matchup. West Virginia State loses by four, 87 to 83. So that was only close contest of the three. So uh, congrats on uh, a season, a great season by Tuskegee, um, Elizabeth City State, and uh, West Virginia State. All seasons come to a close. Uh, on the men's side, Miles College lost uh, to Nova Southeastern. A host school, ninety-seven to fifty-five. What did you say the turnovers were in that game, Drew? 
by Miles. I just know I know Miles had twenty at the half. I don't know what the final tally was, Jeez. but they had twenty at the half. Yikes! That's like some teams whole game over two games, but twenty and a half. Good lord! Um, the other side though was a little more was a little tighter. Uh, Winston Salem State lost to the number one host school Indiana of Pennsylvania. 52 to 50, and I believe that was a last second shot or almost a close yes. to last second shot. Yes, it, it, was, it was a so, buzzer beater. So a buzzer beater knocked off Winston Salem State. Virginia Union managed to hold off. Virginia Union was a feed. Virginia Union, the Panthers, four seed, they beat five seed Fairmont State 66 to 64. They are actually that playing was their a second round game state. right uh yeah yeah they're actually playing theirs tonight drew and um, they are uh, down three at the half to indiana pa all indiana right University so let's of go Pennsylvania, uh 27 to 30 at the, the half virginia Union is down. the whole school the whole school yeah. so let's go virginia and did Union. you mention the tuskegee school did you mention tuskegee uh man. i didn't tuskegee i think man. they lost my t- Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I didn't. I forgot about Tuskegee men. I'm sorry. What was their score? Uh, they lost by seven, I do believe. Uh, now, if you wouldn't ask me, I would have known what their final score was. Hold up, I've got, got the page pulled up right here. I, I forgot that there were four men's uh i thought it was three and three uh 70 to 70 60 64 to west alabama mm. right okay so okay. tuskegee along with philander smith were the only two mid-majors to have both their men and their women participating in postseason play all right uh we will release the final NAIA and Division Two rankings, along with the Division One, uh, probably in a couple of weeks. Um, so we won't do any more release of the rankings until it's final, and we declare our uh, Black College National Champion. Uh, but Brian, we do have some more polls we want to release tonight. Exactly. Look, we are moving into spring season. And look, it's time for us to start transitioning over into some of our spring sports. And Drew and I are both fans of baseball and softball. So you are about to witness the debut of the CBS top five. Yes, top five. Uh, top five for uh, rankings for 2023. Division one and non-division one. And the way we've broken this up, we basically similar to what we do in football we have a division one which consists of you know division one schools uh and then the non-division one is made up of a division two IA schools and so we have that's uh, we're doing the same way for softball and i want ncaa schools okay in pain so we got softball and baseball so these are debuts and these are again Rankings, computer metric, computer tabulated, no people involved other than Drew, who does the uh, hand computations uh, with his uh, with his calculator. 
All right. Um, so, Drew, uh, which one are we going to debut first? Producer Mel, oh, you tell us what we have first. Let's go softball first. All right. Let's see if that's the one. Let's see if that's the one that she pulls up first. All right. So. We're going to debut our softball poll. So, obviously, going forward, I know a lot of conferences, conference play will begin. You're going to start to hear us talk a little bit more about some softball and give the softball uh, team some love here as we go. As our producer ends up pulling that up, um, we're going to be closing out. Okay, <clears throat> so... Our softball ratings. So our debut at number five. Uh, now you got to tell me because I, I got to wear these. For example, Norfolk State. Are they? Are, is the Miak still playing softball? Miak oh, still that, playing that, softball. That wasn't a, yeah, yeah. Miak playing softball. That that okay. That uh, they conference got rid record of for Norfolk. Yes. Okay, they got rid of baseball. So that's what uh, that's that's why I asked that. So and then, then we got to get a new logo. This this this. So we got this is a bad start here. We got, <laughs> all right, so we're working North on folks. So actually, we gotta, is, you gotta, North folk is actually zero and zero in conference when you get to that portion, Brian. All right, so we we look away. Don't, don't look in the top right corner and don't look a, look at everything else. But here's the top five. We got to fix that Drew, before I post this out on social media. We got to get the new <laughs> logo for softball. That was the first thing I saw, uh, not the oh. uh, the record. So, all right, Norfolk State comes in at number five, overall record of seven and seven. Grambling State uh, comes in at fourteen eight and one. A great video I've seen floating around of uh, Grambling State uh, and the, the very a very active dugout. Let's just let's just put it like that. Very active, very active dugout. Uh, they at number four, <clears throat> Florida A and M. The Rattlers come in at number three. Shout out to Coach Patterson. Uh, they swept Jackson State at home. I never, never miss a moment to say Rattlers sweep Jackson State at home. Uh, always feels good to say that. Um, Saturday night with a with a walk off homer, and then today with a uh, with a single to uh, a winning single. So shout out to the Lady Rattlers. Alabama <clears throat> comes in at number two, uh, twelve and nine record. And in Tennessee State, Tennessee State Tigers come in with a record of 10, 10, and 1. And so that's the softball ratings, the debut of the softball ratings. Now, how about our baseball? Oh, oh, that, oh softball, that's Division One. There's the non-Division yeah. One. I forgot about it. Listen. Correct. All right, so producer got to pull that one up. The non-Division One for softball, which also includes the NIA. Uh, in the hunt, a few more teams. You've got Bowie, Claflin, and Lane. Pretty good records there by Stillman and Lane when you just look at their overall record. Uh, hold on, not finished, Madam Producer. Put those, put those, put that graphic back up there so I can make sure to read that. All right, number five is Kentucky State. Uh, with a record of seven and nine, Miles comes in at 
number four with a record of nine and seven. Uh, Tuskegee comes in eight and ten. Uh, Edward Waters having a good overall season, fifteen and four, and our number one softball team right now uh, is Albany State, fourteen and seven. All right, pretty good, pretty good. All right, let's take a look at baseball now. Again, it's the debut. Uh, some new top five rating, ratings, rankings uh, for softball. And then we've got baseball here coming up here. So as our producer makes that, <clears throat> that transition over from softball to baseball with our graphics. And this is men. And again, well, which one are we? Which one are we doing? We'll, we'll figure it out here in just a second. Uh, if you're watching it, obviously you're seeing it, but we'll talk about it a little more here uh, in uh, wrong wrong one. You had it right the first time. There we go. I, I think what throws it off is obviously the logo, Drew, which you the basketball, logo, uh, which yeah. are. Our, our intern, our our graphics intern, put the wrong logo up in the top right corner with the top, with the dot them a pay uh, <laughs> uh, in the hunt for baseball. <laughs> baseball, <laughs> we got How a and M in Arkansas Pine Bluff. What'd you say? How you dot zero, Brian? I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the hunt, Florida A and M, Arkansas Pine Bluff. In the hunt, number five is Texas Southern. Uh, they have a ten and six record overall. Number four is Bethune Cookman, with a record of eight and eight. Number three, Alabama State, with a record of ten and eight. Uh, number two is North Carolina A and T. Interesting, eight and seven overall. And then number one, uh, Jackson State. Overall, 11-2 and two right now. So what's interesting about that, I see three teams from the SWAC East Division and then the fourth from the SWAC East in the hunt. So I'm telling you, the SWAC East should be a good baseball season, uh, probably starting up uh, next weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Let's take a look at the non-D1. The non-D1. We've got in the hunt for baseball, Edward Waters, Kentucky State, and Jarvis Christian. Uh, number five is Florida Memorial with a nine and six record. Slightly ahead of them at number four is Miles College at nine and nine. Savannah State comes in at number three with a 10 and five record. Number two is Talladega. 12, 9, and 1. And then the number one team, according to our ratings, Albany State Rams, uh, 13 and 3. So Albany State uh, coming in with number one, the number one softball and the number one baseball team. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. We'll see how long that lasts. All right, so all that information we'll uh, we'll 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 update and get that information out on social media. And again, March Madness is here, so we want to encourage you 
to go be a part of our contest again. Uh, you do have to Speaking sign up for Madness, CBS Brian, Sports and create an account. Southern is Southern is in the first four. They are against uh, SHU. Trying to see who that is right quick. Sam uh, Say it again. Sacred Heart. What was the abbreviation? They, oh, uh, they play Heart. Sacred Heart. Okay. Yes, and then the winner will go okay. on to play number one Stanford. Ah, okay. Well, yeah, hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. So uh, later tonight, the NIT brackets will come out, and uh, that's where we'll find out more about Jackson State women. Um, we'll also find out about excuse me, all corn men. And then we'll find out if anybody else makes it. Um, there, there are some possible candidates, but I don't know. Bracketology doesn't seem to, doesn't seem to predict that we'll see Grambling or uh, any of those other schools in. So just keep your fingers and prayers. Keep your fingers crossed and your prayers up for those schools. Uh, any final thoughts, Drew, as we uh, as we close down the show? No, just make sure you stay tuned to uh, Dr. Cavill on Tuesday night because I'm pretty sure he's going to have a breakdown of Texas Southern in their first four game if Dr. Cavill himself is not there. And, and Brian, we forgot to show our famous doctor in the, in the photobomb that he did, my, my brother. Oh, come on, you can't call it a photo bomb. He's he's entrenched in the culture he was of there. Texas. Uh, he was there. He, he, he's he, there. He, he's he, a, he was he's there. A professor. But it, yes. cause, <laughs> consider, considering considering Dr. Cavill is out there with with those trees at six 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 eight, you barely could see him. If if it wasn't for the hair, I would have never noticed him. You know, when you when you're out there amongst all those exactly. trees out there. I, I, yeah, but no, well, congratulations. Look, that caught uh, my attention when I, when I looked off. Doc, I'm pretty sure Dr. Cavill is going to be in Dayton, Ohio once again. I know he's made the last couple of trips with the uh, with the Tigers there. So uh, probably going to be live from Dayton on inside the HBCU Sports Lab on Tuesday. And uh, that's, that, that's, that's just great. And having been a part of these type of tournaments, it's just great when you see – these tournaments because ultimately the experience that these kids get being on these trips, the bonding that goes on, win or lose, it, it is priceless. It is priceless, Brian, to be a part of events uh, such, such as that. So uh, just shout out to those. It's hope our other teams get as many opportunities as they can to continue in the NIT and update from the Virginia Union game before we get off of here. And, of course, my computer starts buffering when I go to look for the update of the Virginia Union game. Uh, go ahead and do your lead out. I'll give you an update after the, after that lead out. Maybe my computer will catch up by then. Well, I, I was going to ask you uh, as as we close, Did you ha- have you paid attention to college basketball in general or do you kind of spend these next two to three days doing your research and analysis before Thursday? I, I honestly, 
the, I've been so enamored in HBCU land, HBCU basketball. I really could not tell you what's going on with the Power Fives. Sure. I really, I really, really can't tell you anything what's going on. The only reason I know what about what's going on at the University of Alabama is because of the unfortunate situation that happened at Alabama a few weeks ago with the uh, with the incident with the young man uh, being uh, being charged with murder. Only reason I know something about Kansas right now is because Bill Self is out with with Kansas. You know, I know I know a few nuggets here and there, but who 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 the key players are on these teams? What 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 style they play? No, I I could much. Rather tell you about Texas Southern or a Howard or a Tuskegee or a Miles or one of those things, then I can't about the number one. Uh, I can't about a Stanford or a Butler or anybody else. I do know uh, Patrick Ewing got fired. Two, two schools. It's funny that you mentioned those two schools. They are. I'll tell you what. They are not in the tournament. So let me save you a trip there. Those two schools, Stanford and Butler, are not in the NCAA. <laughs> I can, I can, not on the Stanford is on the women's side. side. They're, they're number one on the women's side. Update: uh, Union is down 42-32, remain in the second. All right. Well, uh, let's get off of here. Let's go watch a little bit of that game again. Uh, follow us on social media, not only for links to our contest, but uh, we'll also be updating information. And send you out information that's going to maybe help you make good decisions in our contest. Again, this is all in fun, but again, we are going to raise some money for some athletic department or athletic program. So uh, follow Drew on Twitter at BCSN Drew, D R E W. You can also find me on Twitter at DRB365. Drew, final uh, thought. Before you get out of here, Brian, uh, a couple people have. Uh, Asked me, they put it in the chat. You can go to the Virginia Union page and click on uh, basketball to click on their schedule, and there's a link to the game directly on there. It'll be easy for you to find it on that page than to find it on the actual site that it is. So go to uh, VUU Athletics, let's see, VUUSports.com, click on men's basketball, and click on the schedule, scroll down to the bottom. And click on the watch link and you'll be able to watch the remainder of the game right there for those of you all who are interested in uh, watching Virginia Union as they trail 43-32, approaching 12 minutes remaining in the second half. All right. Uh, So don't forget, uh, March Madness is here. The Oscars are on tonight. So uh, I know if you're someone like our producer, she's ready to get off of here so she can go watch the Oscars. Uh, good luck to all of you who are going to go that route. For the rest of us, we're going to be up, up. writing information down on our brackets. Drew, I'm, I'm going to just shut up and up. close the show. No, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get these last. Second time you enter. We're, we're trying to get out of here. I'm trying to get these last comments. We're going to keep talking. I'm going through the chat. I'm going through the chat. Okay. I'm going through the chat. I'm about to log off and go and go watch some of these uh, brackets. Go ahead. Right. Somebody, somebody wants to know what the login information for the bracket challenge. I figured that was important to get out once again I, before we get out of here. I, 
yes, again, let me, let me remind everybody, go to Facebook.com, BCSN Sports Wrap, and that's where you can log in. The password is BCSN25. Put that in there, Drew, since we can't put it in there. What BCSN25. 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 All capitals on the BCSN. That's the password. So when you go to the link on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash BCSN Sports Wrap. That's our Facebook page. And you can, uh, you'll can you see the link there to join our contest. And then you can, uh, you can join just uh, password CSN25. That's what you need to join. We'll make sure to retweet that as well. We appreciate all of you guys for coming in and join us. Don't forget the entry fee is $10. Um, thank you to our producer, Mel. Uh, thank you to head coach Chris Wright, Langston University. Tuesday night playing in the final 16. Uh, Tougaloo plays on Monday night, just uh, just uh, as a as a note as well. So let's make sure we support our HBCUs that are still playing basketball this week. And who knows, maybe they'll be playing a little bit longer. Uh, thank you to everybody. Congratulations to winners, to all the fan bases. And uh, we'll pick up the conversation and talk a little more later on in the week. Uh, for AD Drew, I'm Brian Fulford. Be safe, be smart, peace out. But you don't know, please stay up.